Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Good morning and welcome into the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And also we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app along with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. Good morning, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. We're brought to you by Connie's Pizza. Thanks for watching the show and keeping the conversation going. Shout out No Shots brought to you by... Debbie Club Hawthorne and the Club Hawthorne Mobile Wagering. Oh! Take that. Secretariat right on in, baby. I don't think uh, Secretariat knows whether or not uh, that is true. Is it true? It's true. It's true. Shay, is that true? I was talking to the great Dakota Schultz, and he is the gentleman that runs the Club Hawthorne partnership. Shay? Saw him Friday at the appearance I did, and he goes, Hey, man. Yeah, we're back. We're not giving up shot or no shot. No chance. How about that? Shay Norling. Shay? Shay, good morning. All right. Well, uh, let's get started with shot or no shot. Wild card weekend. Saw some quarterbacks without much pedigree advance to the divisional round. Daniel Jones led the Giants over the Vikings. Trevor Lawrence, who, if you remember, early in the year was left for dead after a really bad slump, eliminated the Chargers and Justin Herbert. Brock Purdy sent home the Seahawks. And a guy who everybody said was terrible and much maligned because he led the league in interceptions since coming back from injury. Dak Prescott may have walked off Tom Brady's career. This leaves Dak as the oldest quarterback left in the playoffs at 29. Shot or no shot, this should ease concerns about the Bears' ability to build a winner around Justin Fields. That's a shot. That's a shot, absolutely. Because we have the right guy at quarterback. He's not a running back. Go back and watch... What he did at Ohio State, he could pass. Just put an iron gate, as you like to call it, in front of him and get him a couple receivers that can make some plays and get separation. Please. That's a shot. Absolutely. I just I love that stat about Dak Prescott being the, the elder statesman amongst the quarterbacks that's left. It just shows you how healthy this league is with quarterback play cap. Yes. That's what, I, mean, I, I mean, I think you and I talked about this last week, and it's going to be a theme here throughout the playoffs and in the offseason. This is why I feel so good about Justin Fields because he's among those young quarterbacks that are budding, that are going to be difference makers for a team, this Chicago Bears team. I like that. And like, if Dak Prescott's the oldest that you have, and I know there's still question marks about Dak, but not last night against Tampa, I, I do take solace in the fact that Justin Fields and the Bears are going to get better with him at, at the helm at the quarterback position. But just hold him up, man. Help him out. That's what I'm looking at. By the way, you mentioned Dak Prescott, who was really good yesterday. Yeah. That fake he did end around around the left side for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. Did a great job hiding the ball on his hip. Did you see him and Mike McCarthy embracing and dancing in the locker room? Yes. I guess reports of Mike McCarthy's demise were a little premature. I just like that McCarthy didn't look so stiff. I'm just glad that, you know, usually it's just stoic on the sideline, worried. That's what he, he looks like. He was having a good time last good night. For good, for, good for him, man. You know what? Listen. It's been a long time since the Cowboys won a playoff game, uh, on the road in particular. Correct. Good for them. Shay. All right, I want to ask about Eberflus because a lot of people have called in and kind of said Eberflus can hang his hat on the Bears' ability to make halftime adjustments. Well, last night on the Manning cast during that awful Monday night football game, Peyton Manning talked about halftime adjustments. Listen to this. Coming out of halftime, all those halftime adjustments, it really paid off right there that I don't know about you. I don't think I ever made a halftime adjustment in my entire 18-year career. I think it's the biggest myth in football, the halftime adjustments, right? 
You go in, yeah, but you, eat, you use the restroom, you eat a couple of oranges, and then the head coach says, all right, let's go. Yeah, no question. I mean, you're in there for like three minutes. Yeah, so. There's no time. Shot or no shot, halftime adjustments are a myth. Uh, if he says they are, I'm all in with Peyton Manning. I've had other people who played say, dude, you guys in the media, I heard you on halftime adjustments because I was blasting Neggy one day. And a player said to me, dude, I was in the bathroom the entire b- between uh, first and second half. We don't get in there and go, all right, let's change this coverage. It was we make adjustments on the sideline while the game's going. There's no halftime adjustments. Yeah, that's a no shot. And first of all, coming from those two, they're Hall of Famers. What are you going to say? What are you going to say to Eli Manning and Peyton Manning as far as adjustments? You already have the game plan. You know what you have to do to attack the defense. So those two, I rule their opinion out when it comes to that because for adjustments for those two, yeah, probably not. But. The idea that we haven't seen something different from a team from one half to the other, of course we've seen that. Now, you can call that adjustments or being able to go deeper into the playbook, say, hey, this is something we hadn't done the first half. Let's try this in the second half. We've seen that in games. So uh, there there are halftime adjustments, not to those two, obviously, because they know what they need to do as a quarterback. But as far as line play, as far as, as making an adjustment, as far as your attack, it's all part of the playbook. It might be something you see that in the first half that you didn't see in the second half. So that's a no shot. I feel like I've heard both sides of this, too, where Peyton says you just don't have time. I've heard players talk about having abridged meetings with their units at halftime and the coaching staffs. It may not be the adjustment may not even be with the players as much as it is the coach, the coaches themselves. Like, hey, here's something that we practice. How come we're not using this? The idea that they don't have it, ask Cap if there are any adjustments. Never mind about what those two say. You ever have adjustments from one half to the other in basketball? What Shay just said, we would have the four coaches or five coaches, now that you're like 18 on a staff. Yes. <laughs> in basketball, yeah. they would all, we would get together. Hey, man, we should, let's try, do this with our press. Instead of going one, two, two, let's try this diamond thing that we put in it. Let's see what that does. The players, yeah, that motion. The players themselves, they go to the bathroom, they eat orange slice. He's exactly right. They don't have a, you don't get back up on the chalkboard and go, okay, guys, we're going to do this, this, let's make this. That doesn't happen. But the coaches, absolutely, Shay, very good point. I think, I think that that's what happened, Shay. I think, yeah. but for those two, no, because they're Hall of Famers. But I believe that there are adjustments from one to the other. And if you're doing, say, for instance, you run the football and you can't run it effectively and you're still doing it in the third and fourth quarter, okay, so you didn't make the adjustment in, within one, from one half to the other. That's ridiculous. So I think there are adjustments. And the point I was just going to make is I think you can make the point that halftime adjustments are overrated because if you're a good coaching staff and a good team with the tablets and everything, you should be adjusting constantly. You should constantly be seeing what's working, what's not, and fixing that in real time. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like Peyton's misleading a little bit here. I think it's more than just oranges and a, and a poop. You better, you better be, you know, speak softly when you talk about halftime adjustments. Ed Obradovich will come after you. Yes. If there was no halftime adjustments. That's what he would do. <laughs> so you better be exactly careful. Exactly what he would do. I, I, OB, I, I, I agree there should have been more adjustments. Why are we not running? Adjustments. He'll come after you. He will. Be careful. And beat you <laughs> at 82. <laughs> Shame.
All right, we talked about this a little bit in the first hour, available in the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. The Chargers lost their first playoff game with Justin Herbert on the road in Jacksonville on Saturday night. The Chargers held a 27-0 lead after turning over Trevor Lawrence four times in the first half, only to be outscored 31-3 in the second half and lose the game. They also became the first team in NFL history to lose a playoff game with a plus-five turnover differential. Shot or no shot? This is the most embarrassing playoff loss ever. It's the one I can remember. I mean, that's a shot for me. Now, that Houston Oilers game, was that regular? That was playoffs, wasn't it? That Houston Oilers game Bills? was a playoff game. Bills? The one where Frank Reich brought him back. Yeah. It was 38-3, to right? Yeah. So that's, so it's that. It's the Patriots-Atlanta Falcons playoffs. The Super Bowl still the playoffs. Are they not? Are the playoffs the Super Bowl? I was actually wondering that while yeah. I was writing this. <laughs> it's like, because that, I mean, that's right on the top of the list for me. It's postseason. You said playoffs, but it's still postseason for me. The Patriots beating Atlanta. Oilers, Bills, right? Okay, so that, right? that game you're talking about. Yeah. It's called The Comeback. has its own Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. January 3, 1993 playoffs. The Buffalo Bills behind Frank Reich overcame a 35-3 to deficit to defeat the visiting Oilers 41-38 in overtime. So that's a shot. That, that, like, that, well, I mean, I guess for his question is, is it the most embarrassing? No, it's a no shot. But Biggest comeback. That was the biggest comeback in NFL postseason history. Second biggest overall other than this year's Vikings comeback over the Colts. Hey, Bosa, keep your helmet on too. Idiot. You bozo. Like what a more I don't know. Like it might not be the most embarrassing loss ever. Have you ever seen a dumber team in the second half of a game? Well, I mean, well, just everything just they Joey did Bosa. was just stupid. Just Joey Bosa, what are you doing? The- and then he threw the helmet. You see when he slammed it, Brandon Staley ran on the field quickly to pick it up so they wouldn't get a penalty, which they did. Yes, and handed it to him, and then Bosa took it and threw it. Okay, <laughs> and that's a penalty. Moron. Moron. Hey, do you see what's going on out there? So you're just going to melt down. You're better than that, man. That's what they did. You're be- but you're better than that. Right. One of his teammates, another lineman, defensive line, turning, goes, what are you doing? Just looking at him. Charlie says, I don't think he is. What's funny, too, <laughs> if, you just, if you just wait, like, four extra yards to throw your helmet, no problem. He just had to do it when he did it. Somebody in our Twitch chat also brought up, if you remember, when Houston played Kansas City a few years ago, and Houston had a 24 nothing lead in the first quarter. They were down 27-24 at halftime. Correct. Yes, yes. Isn't that Thank the one you. where he tried a fake punt? believe so because yes. and everyone what are you doing he's like because yes. that 24 is not going to be enough yes yes Just have, that's why staley should be considered to move on someplace else just that whole non the, the melting down the defense i blame and then bosa just nonsense man jaguars hey they earned the victory but i think that the charges also gave it to him as well that's what i believe shay all right, we got to talk about Minnesota. Guess who was right, Hoodie? The Vikings welcomed Daniel Jones and the Giants to their home as a three-point favorite just to get bounced in their own house. And Kirk Cousins, with arguably the dumbest play of the weekend, threw a three-yard check down on fourth and eight. Shot or no shot, the Vikings were frauds the whole time. I was wrong. That's a shot. 
I mean, they I wrong. they lost at home in a playoff game, so it's got to be a shot. Now, you don't win 13 games by being a lousy football team. Yes, everything went their way, one-score games, I think 7-0. and That said, I thought Courtney Cronin did an awesome breakdown of the last play. Mm-hmm. She said, and I think she's right, it was not the check down. Now, again, the check down's dumb because you got no chance. But if you go back and watch, look at Courtney's Twitter, she has the X and O diagram in motion. There's nobody open. Nobody. Like the play design. That's what her problem was. The play design more than putting it all on Kirk Cousins. Again, just throw it up. If it gets picked off, who cares? The game's over. But the play design? Go look. Justin Jefferson, zero chance he can get the ball there. K.J. Osborne, you'd have had to throw it down and you'd have to win a jump ball. That was your only possible hope. Um, yeah, well, as I said, Shay, Shay was right the entire time. Um, could the NFC North be more open than we thought? We'll talk about the Vikings and take a look at the North now that there are no teams being represented in the playoffs in the NFC North. We'll talk about it coming up next. Captain Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7. You're listening to Cap and Jay Hood. Follow the show on Instagram at the Catman and at IGJ Hood. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. So glad you're with us here on this Back to Work Tuesday. Yeah, so shout out to the NFC North, right? We had one representative. Bears sure as hell wasn't going to go to the playoffs. The Green Bay Packers eliminated by the Detroit Lions for all intents and purposes, right? Detroit eliminating the Green Bay Packers from getting themselves in the You're mix. You're out. Seattle's in there, too. But the point is, though, is that Green Bay did not go. Detroit, on the precipice of going, they don't go. So all we have is Minnesota That's in this it. division. All we have is Minnesota. And so the guy over your shoulder, Shay Norling, the executive producer, has been saying since mm, mid-October that the Vikings were a fraud. And I was holding out hope that, and I said this on the air, if the Vikings don't do something this year, it'll just never happen. Because the whole thing about the Vikings, when you, I say Vikings, you say Kirk Cousins. Okay. And so when you think of Kirk Cousins, you think solid regular season quarterback. And then you get to the playoffs, and then what happens? I saw the point differential. Like, you saw the point differential. Strong I'm, city. I'm sure that you won money on the Vikings in the regular season because of how well they played. But, Cap, that just won't do in the playoffs. That won't do. And I don't know what the answer is for the Vikings, but that was, if you're a Vikings fan, that's nonsense right there. Horrible. Horrible. Their defense was the most disappointing thing. Like they took the opening drive right down the field, 7 nothing. Vikings thinking, hmm, look pretty good. Brian Dable and Daniel Jones. Okay. But they moved the ball right down the field, 7 7. Oh, and the Giants, okay. 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 The Giants, okay. Uh, the Bull, uh, Tishmara. Okay, the Giants find a way to win the ball game. Okay, that's what happened. All right, so I mean, but Cap, that just won't do with Kirk Cousins. 
I just won't do. Okay, so what do you do with him? Listen, man. You can't get rid of him. Yeah. I know. He'll be there for another year because of the money constraints, because of the, the big contract. You know what his dead cap is this year? Got to be $60 million. 48.75. Yeah. There you go. <sighs> that was horrible by them. And I'm just, I want to know how this gets better. Now, Shay, when did you know? I said about mid-October you were telling us you weren't sure. But something about the way they play in the division also that probably should have told us all that it was not sustainable. I went back and looked at our prediction sheets that we did before the season, which we'll recap after the Super Bowl. Oh but I actually had Minnesota either third or last in the division. I didn't believe in them at any point, even preseason. The defense sucks. It always sucked. It was always old. 31st-ranked pass defense in the NFL. I don't know why they were disappointing, Cap. They played like they played all year. They just weren't good. And then they get these miracle one-score games. You have the 30-point comeback against Indianapolis. You play Detroit twice. You get dominated seven out of eight quarters. But because Dan Campbell lost his mind in the final quarter of the first one, you walk out with a win. The Bears are driving. Amir Smith-Marset vomits the ball, and you end up winning that game. They just There were so many coin flip moments. And I told you it was like the, the league lives on a knife edge. And they just kept coming down on the right side of it, even though they weren't good. Good, and they weren't playing well, and the defense was horrible, and Kirk wasn't playing well, but they just kept coming down on the right side. And I told you, that can't hold up. Ten and one in one-score games, it's impossible. And what happens? The Giants come to town and knock you out. And we all knew, all I knew, if it had been the Commanders with Taylor Heineke, you're going home. If it had been the Lions with Jared Goff, you're going home. If it had been the Giants with Daniel Jones, you're going home. If it had been the Packers and Rodgers, you're going home. They just weren't good. He just said Washington would knock him out. They would have. <laughs> Washington. That, that, that pass defense, that pass rush, you think that uh, Kirk Cousins getting off against Chase Young? Out of everything you said, Cap, you know what made the most, I mean, all of it makes sense. But you know what? He talks about the Bear game. He, I see how close that was. You mentioned Smith-Marset, right? Right there on the, uh, on the sidelines. What if, right? The Bears could have won that game. Right, if he doesn't turn back in and he goes out of bounds, I mean, I don't know if we're going to go down and score or not, but they certainly had a chance. The Vikings' defense once again became the Achilles' heel for this team. Since Week 10, Minnesota has allowed 30-plus points in six games, including that 31-24 loss against the Giants. Should have known with that defense. And I know all of it is always centered on the quarterback. It's just the way the NFL is. We look at quarterbacks first. We look at offense first. But, man, you're right. That defense just let down at the worst time. The worst possible time they were terrible. When the Giants answered the opening score and went right down the field, uh-oh, that was awfully easy. Daniel Jones looks really good. Yep. And it's 14-7. Again, they look really good, and the Viking defense looks awful. You gave up 142 yards rushing if you're the, the Vikings. You're own, our only hope in the division, and you look like that. But here's the thing, though, about um, that play call. Let's talk about that last play. Fourth down, game's on the line. So I wish we had the All-22 to take a look at exactly what we need to see on that last play. He, show, he, he throws it short of the sticks. I mean, I'd rather throw it in a double coverage as deep as possible in that situation than to check down. That's what I said If to I you. could, yeah. If it's picked off, whatever, yeah. game's over anyway. Checking down, you had no chance. Zero. It was a poorly conceived play and poorly executed. Justin Jefferson had seven receptions good for 47 yards in that game. They had him blanketed. 
They did a great Who was on him? Zayn McKinney? <laughs> I mean, the whole thing, the lead up to the game was who's going to guard Jefferson? Well, they ran two at him almost all day. Okay, so when Shea asked the question, or as we asked the question, could the NFC North be more open than we thought? Okay. All right, so we assume that Aaron Rodgers is returning to Green Bay because he's just usually doing his swan song. It's fake swan song. Well, we'll see what happens. I'm going to hold the team hostage until July, and then I'll come you know, right, right back to the waiting arms of the Green Bay Packers. I expect him to return to Green Bay. And, uh, Andrew Brandt, uh, he has a free newsletter. He used to work for Green Bay, and then he's been involved in front office sports. He's a real, really good follow on social media. He said he and he... He said, I don't have any knowledge, although he has a relationship with Aaron. Yeah. He believes he's done. He said, I believe he is the guy that would walk away from the money. He's made a fortune. Whatever, I'm out. That's what he thinks. What do you think? Probably not. One more, one more run at this. He just Man. likes to bitch and compl- like, But he always does this, though. He always has an issue. Like, ah, you know, we'll see what comes. You just want the attention. You're not turning that money down. I, he's coming back. Maybe he goes somewhere else. But you know what's funny about that, though? We always go back to San Francisco because of the Brock Purdy situation. Mm-hmm. Those, those jobs that are open, some of those teams are not very good. Want to start over in Atlanta? Okay, so if you're, Seattle, if, you're, if you're San Francisco, and let's assume you don't win the Super Bowl, Aaron or Tom? And both are in play. Both guys said, hang on. I'll still play. I'll come to you. Tom. Aaron. <laughs> I don't think you're going to win either way. I think Aaron wins the Super Bowl. Though. No, no, no. Yes, yes. You know, no, the, the, the whole thing with the Packers, especially over the last four or five games, was they ran the football and their defense got better. That wasn't because of Aaron. He was making some big plays with Christian Watson. What are you, five games in a row with a touchdown? Uh, well, ultimately, I thought the defense got better. It did. Absolutely. I, I, th- I, I think that, that if, I, if you ask me why the Packers even get to that point against the Lions, it's because their defense got better. That's I, what I saw. I would, if I'm San Francisco and I don't win the Super Bowl, I would take a shot at Aaron if he was interested. 100%. I just, I just look at this whole thing and we say, is the NFC more open than we thought? Green Bay... I expect Rodgers to be back. They'll be in the playoffs. Minnesota, because their regular season record, you know, it's between them and the Lions. Does the, do the Lions take a step up, sideways, or backwards? I, expe- I think that I think the arrow's pointing up. Yes, they have two more number one picks. We assume the Lions go up, but Goff could always regress. Yeah. You never know. He could. Goff could have a down year compared yeah. to what he was this year. I think with the Packers and Vikings, even if Aaron Rodgers does come back, you have two defenses that are wildly expensive and not getting any younger and not a lot of options as far as what you have in terms of cap space. I don't know how those two teams get demonstrably better. Meanwhile, the, ba- the Bears have the number one pick and the most cap space in the NFL. I think this division could tighten up quick. I, I love Shane Norland. He just wants the Bears to be up there like yesterday. I love it. You want them to continue. Dude, I just I yeah. think there's a pathway, and I want good football in this city. If you. I'm going to work here and do radio here, I just want good football, and I think there's a pathway. But if it's not, you'll move. Get out! If it's not, that's <laughs> what I'm going to do. John and Marengo on ESPN 1000. All right, Johnny. Johnny. Hey, boys. Go bikes. No. <laughs> First of all, I I got a I got a comment, and then I have a what if because you guys keep like playing this what if thing, and 
I, I'm not quite sure, Hoodie. I mean, I do understand you're saying all this stuff about Cousins and everything, but, I mean, the guy has 4,600 yards passing this year. He had 20-some-odd touchdowns. He had, like, nine interceptions. I mean, I understand where you're going with all of that. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Cap finally said it. It was the defense. Our defense has sucked all year, no doubt about it. And in those wins, those 10 come, or come from behind wins, who drove him down the field and scored? I mean, he either got him in field goal range or he's, they scored touchdowns, one of the two. And then the, I, that's my comment. Yep. And my what if is this. Okay, Hoodie, this is kind of directed to you. Okay, let's say in seven years, Justin Fields has had three 4,000-plus yard passing seasons, and he's got him to the playoffs four times and doesn't win a playoff game. Are you going to say the same thing about him as you're saying about Cousins? Damn right. About, you're damn right. You do, okay. You, you, but, you, right, but, but, you, but you know why, John, is because it's about wins and losses, it's especially in the biggest yes. moments in the playoffs, right? So, yes. so when I say, when I talk about Kirk Cousins and when I talk about the Vikings defense, it's all encompassing. When you underachieve, it's everybody. But, but we can't help but to look at that last play and say, O'Connor, O'Connell, what the hell was that, that play? What was that play design? Correct. What are you looking at there? Right? Correct. I gave the Vikings a benefit of the doubt because I thought, what, they've come back before in games. Could they do it here? And it just didn't work. They could not run the football. The defense let down. But, but yes, John, that's for any team. If you underachieve, you're going to get called out, especially in this city. 100%. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. And, you can, and by the way, hold me accountable on that. Hold me accountable on that. And do the Vikings have any cap space left? I got to look that up. I don't know what they can do with their defense. They don't. Albert Breer on the Bears in the NFL on Cap and J. Hood. Next. It's time to get old with Old National Bank. What does getting old mean? It means having the substance to achieve your dreams, grow your business, and build a lasting legacy. Folks, this is an awesome bank. I've been a customer for over 20 years. Maybe you and your family are looking to finance a dream home or create a college savings plan. They can help you. You could be a manufacturer or a builder seeking help making your growth plans come true. Or perhaps you're an investor looking to create a prosperous plan for the future of you and your loved ones. No matter who you are, what stage of life you're in, you're ready to get old. And you're never too young or too old to get old. Because at Old National, we know that when you mix the old with a little new, new locations, new team members, new ideas, you get something even greater. You get a bank where relationships and results matter. Introducing Old National Bank. Get old. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call ClickRanger.com or just stop by. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Tempersy's fixed on Johnson and second. And it will be... Hello. Football on ESPN 1000. Hello, Bert. Albert Breer. Hey, Bert. Senior NFL writer for SI.com joins Cap and Jay Hood. Bert's it. What? You're it, Bert. On ESPN 1000. Well, what do you mean I'm it? We well, see, that's the game. I just tagged you, and you're it until you tag somebody else. Albert Breer. No, no, I'm not playing a game. I'm reading Ernie, and I'm not it. Okay. On Chicago's Home for Sports. But Bert is it.
Now time for Albert Breer from Monday Morning Quarterback at SI.com with us here on Cap and J Hood on ESPN 1000. Albert, I don't blame you, man. Watching Dallas Tampa, I got a little tired too, especially in that second half. Yeah, that was a. Uh, I, I, you know, you sort of think like whenever Brady's on the field that all of a sudden he's going to put his foot in the ground and turn it into a completely different game. And, you know, you're going to look up 20 minutes later and all of a sudden the Bucks are going to be ahead. But, yeah, I, I, I guess this, this year just sort of felt like the year maybe he didn't have the team around him to do that. You know, a lot of guys on that team felt like they kind of got all, all, all got old at once, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so it absolutely sets up an interesting few weeks here um, for Brady, his future, landscape of the NFL, really, um, you know, and, and what he decides to do. So let me talk to you about the state of the playoffs today. We saw Jacksonville wage this historic comeback. We see the Vikings with this historic home loss. So what did we learn over the weekend? I think it's a week-to-week <laughs> league and things are so different. Yeah. Like Buffalo was terrible. I fully expect them to win convincingly this weekend. But, I mean, Cincinnati, I think, has got another gear in them, too. You know? And, I mean, I I think the only team you walk away being like, wow, that team's a real contender, um, or that team looks like – I mean, there are other real contenders. But, like, the team that, like, looked like a juggernaut out there over the weekend with San Francisco, and they're the one with the seventh-round rookie starting at quarterback. And, you know, maybe this is Tom Brady in 2001, uh, but – you assume at some point maybe that's going to bite them. I don't know, you know. Um, so I, I think it's, I, I think it's sort of indicative of how worn out teams are, how long the season is, um, you know, how they keep stuffing more and more football into the year. And um, you know, I think this is sort of what you get. You know, you get backup quarterbacks starting all over the place. You know, you get teams that are beat up, um, and I think you do get some level of sloppy football. I will say this too. The one thing that stuck out to me about the weekend was the two sort of unexpected close games, right? Like the Miami-Buffalo game and Cincinnati-Baltimore game. I think we both sort of expected Buffalo and Cincinnati to make statements, and they didn't. I think it's important to recognize that those are division games too, you know? Mm -hmm. And so those take on a little bit bit of a different dynamic. So it wouldn't be shocking to me if that wasn't maybe the version of the Bengals and Bills we see this weekend. So, Albert, uh, two, uh, really two sides of the coin here with the Chargers and the Jaguars. Cap and I talked about the four interceptions for Trevor Lawrence in the offense, and then they come back to win the game. But the other side of it is it's just the Chargers inexplicably just not running the football in the second half with a, with a substantial lead. What would you think of both sides yeah. of that storyline in that game? Well, there's certainly some game management questions. That's fair. I mean, I, I think this has come up with Brandon Staley, and it's easy to be connected to the fact that you know, it was, what, three years ago that he was a position coach, you know? So I think Brandon's really smart and, like, has a lot of potential as a head coach. But now I think you see some of the things where it's like experience is a great teacher. You know, and even as a coordinator, you're involved in game management stuff that you aren't involved in as a position coach. And so a lot of times these guys fall from spot to spot to spot. And, you know, we're like, oh, well, it's, it's good to hire a guy a year too early than a year too late. And I think you sort of discount what years of experience do just as far as building up like a memory bank of how to handle certain situations. So, you know, definitely on the Chargers side, I think you look at it and you say, did you hand them a couple extra possessions because you weren't letting the clock run in the third and fourth quarter? 
Um, I think it's a very, very fair criticism. What was the second part of your question again, Hoodie? Sorry, I'm all long-winded there. No, no, I mean, it's, it's what we, I think you late nailed it. We were talking about the Jaguars and the and the Chargers, the Jaguars side of it. Four interceptions, but they found a way yeah. to come back and win that game. Well, and you know what, Hoodie? Here's the thing. I can remember talking to Jordan Palmer about this, and he's worked with Trevor Lawrence, I think, since he was 16 years old. And he said to me, this is another, like, this is the flip side of the experience coin, right? Where, you know... He Jordan would keep saying to me, he's like, Trevor Lawrence has been like under a, a searing spotlight. And uh, by the way, he he grouped Justin Fields into this too. He said the two of them have been under a searing spotlight since they were 16 years old. You know, and expectations have been on them since they were 16 years old, and they were expected to be perfect from the time they were 16 years old. And then they go to big schools, and right away the expectations are they're going to be superstars and they're going to carry programs that have been winning and like now they're playing in championship settings on that level. And it's just all of that experience that Trevor Lawrence has. Like, I don't think there are very many quarterbacks with 23 years old could throw four, four, four interceptions in the first half of their first playoff game and not just completely crumble. And I think it was such an, an I like to me, it's like such an endorsement of who the guy, who the kid is. And why, if you're Jacksonville, you have a right to feel so good about who he is and who he could be as a quarterback. Like, I was so impressed. And it's, again, a little thing, because if we're going to sit here and play Madden and say, like, well, yeah, like, you know, you know, you can just compartmentalize that. It's not the way it works. You know what I mean? Like, these are real people out there. And, you know, like, for a guy to maintain his confidence after throwing four picks in the first half and to come back the way that he did, one of the greatest comebacks you know, in the playoffs in NFL history, I think says so much about who the kid is. Um, and not not even just about where where he is, but, but but really where he's going from here. So let's talk about the Bears because C.J. Stroud announced yesterday that despite some massive NIL offer that was reported out there, nope, $35 million guaranteed if I'm a top five picks, too much to say no to, I'm going pro if I gave yeah. you the choice to drop onto the Bears, Justin Fields or C.J. Stroud, which one would you take? And what do you think the Bears can realistically do if they decide to trade down? Because if I'm Houston, I'm like, I'm not giving you all that you want because I'll take the second guy. Yeah, um, I guess you're coming to, me to, coming to me as the expert because I saw them play so much in college. Right. Uh, I would take Justin. Um, and the reason why, I, like, I think CJ's got a chance to be a really good quarterback. You know, I think CJ's coming out a far more refined passer than Justin was. Um, I think he's more developed as a pocket quarterback than, than Justin was because he had to be, you know, because he really didn't have the 4 4 speed he could lean back on. And Justin didn't lean on it that much in college. Um, you know, we also saw CJ, CJ switch receivers. I just know this, Justin Fields is a war daddy. And I saw him in so many situations where things weren't quite right, where he was hurt or where things had kind of fallen apart around him. I've seen him fight through so much stuff. Like, I, I just think when you, when you look at what's inside of a person, I just think Justin Fields has it. And I think that's such a big part of being a quarterback. So I would take Justin Fields. And maybe I'm going to look like an idiot five years from now because, again, CJ's a more refined passer. But I just like Fields for who he is as a guy and like what he brings from an intangible standpoint and how hard he works and all that different stuff. 
Um, as for what the what the Bears can get for that first overall pick, I think CJ declaring might actually hurt the value of the pick a little bit, just in that I think Bryce Young would have had probably a sizable edge over Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, and where it might have been like, well, there's this gap if you're a team looking at quarterbacks, and we just got to we we got to find a way to get Bryce Young. I think CJ may have the ability to kind of get into, I don't think he'll catch Bryce Young as the number one quarterback, but I think he has the ability to get in striking distance where there could be some teams down at four, five, six who say, you know, we don't need to go all the way up to number one. Um, that said, I, you know, all it takes is one to fall head over heels in love with Bryce Young um, for you to go and get a, a boatload of picks. So, you know, I think multiple first-round picks and, and then some, um, I think, is the price for that number one overall pick. And based on recent history, you know, the Niners um, trading up for Trey Lance, uh, Washington trading up for, for, for Robert Griffin all those years ago. Um, you know, even like, you know, you look at the Browns trading up for – or the uh, Rams trading up with the, with, uh, with the Titans for, uh, for, for Jared Goff. Uh, yeah. Eagles trading up with the Browns for Carson Wentz, like, you're going to be able to get a big price for it, I think, when we get closer to the end of April. Albert, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great Have one. a great day. It is Albert Breer from Monday Morning Quarterback and SI.com with us here on Cap and Jay Hood. Interesting stuff there. He's got a unique perspective as an Ohio State guy. All right. We'll continue to react to Wild Card Weekend and also your thoughts about the Bears coming up at 9 o'clock. Don't forget, Kevin Warren, the president of the Chicago Bears, is going to be on with Carmen and Yurko between 12 and 2. So make sure you catch the president. He'll have his press conference today. And also, Warren will be on with Carmen and Yurko right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. Captain Jay Hood right here on ESPN 1000. We'll continue to get your thoughts about the wild card weekend. But first, have I told you about Illinois Media School? Do you have a passion for radio, TV, YouTube, or social media? Would you like to work in this fascinating industry? Get into a new career in a new year right here with Illinois Media School Lombard. It can train you for eight short months to get in the career that you want. If you don't like your major, you don't like the job that you're in, but you say, boy, listen to Captain J. Hood. I just love the communication space. I love YouTube. I love being a sportscaster or a technical director or a cameraman, an editor. So much more you can learn with Illinois Media School Lombard. I would just say go to the campus, schedule a tour by going to the website beonair.com. It's beonair.com. Or call this number 630-916-1700. 630-916-1700. Call right now and take the first step to becoming a media professional. And I love Illinois Media School, and you will as well. If you're interested in communications, this is the right spot to go. Illinois Media School Lombard, 630-916-1700. Johnny. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's Home for Sports. Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Cap, uh, just keep in mind that um, you and I, once again, in a very odd way, Cap will be calling UIC against Valparaiso at the Arc in Valparaiso on the TV side for ESPN Plus, and I will be also in the same building doing it for UIC Radio. 
So, it's gonna, so once again, one of these situations where Cap and I are working together, but not really on the same or in the same place, but working uh, the game in different areas. UTV and me radio. Yes, I'm excited to drive down to Valpo today mm-hmm. and call that game six o'clock tonight on ESPN Plus and look down and go, "Hey, honey, <laughs> how's it going, <laughs> honey? We have a special guest on the phone. We do that. I'd like to welcome in. All right." He's my friend. He is the president of the Pitch and Hit Club of Chicago. His name is Ken Miller. Ken, good morning. How are you, man? Good morning, gentlemen. Very good show. I'm I'm doing well, David. Doing well. So you have an announcement about my partner. Absolutely. We are very thrilled and very honored and very proud to award Jonathan Hood the Harry Carey Sportscaster of the Year Award at our banquet coming up Sunday at the Tinley Park Convention Center. That's really awesome. How about that? Really awesome. Congratulations. Ken, that's quite an honor, especially the name of Harry Carey. So thank you very much. Is he going to get you, that cool baseball bat that you engrave? Well, you know what, Cap? We're doing something different this year. We're doing home plates. Oh, my God. Mm. How cool is that? You get a home plate. So it'll be- It'll be a plate with his name on it, and and it'll 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 really look cool. Um, it, it, Jonathan, it, I got to tell you, the gentleman sitting next to you got this award in 2020, mm-hmm. and what a warrior! He wasn't feeling good that day, but he came to the banquet. He did everything he could do to help us out, and and he has been a wonderful supporter of the Pitch and Hit Club for uh, for a lot of years. So we want to do a shout out to David too for all the good things he does for us. I appreciate it, but to see my partner with that big grin on his face and know how much baseball means to him and yeah. this award his parents are no longer here like mine aren't here i know they're looking down this morning with their morning coffee going that's our son that's really cool ken it is good and one more thing one more quick thing david and i don't want to take up your time but i'm sitting here looking at a picture of you with a full head of hair oh boy in the spike <laughs> odell byb cookbook and your your uh, recipe was cocktail wieners. That's exactly right. Those are ah. my late mother's recipe. <laughs> cocktail wieners was exactly. That's outstanding. Exactly. I remember that. <laughs> That's like, well, like you know what? nothing like a menu, Ken, for for cocktail wieners. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Jonathan. Maybe I'll bring the book with me Sunday, and you can take a look at Cap with a full head of hair. I got to see that. Please bring that along. Pretty funny. <laughs> no, no problem. Glad to do that, Ken. It's an honor, and I look forward to being there Sunday. Uh, my wife and I we're going to really enjoy that. Thank you so much for uh, considering me. You are very welcome, and it's it's an honor well deserved, Jonathan. We're we're more than happy to be able to do that for you. That's for sure. Thank Ken, you you're the much. best. Have a great day. You guys, too, enjoy, and, and I'll continue to listen, all right, and have a great rest of your program. Thank you so much for the opportunity to, to be on. Appreciate you. It's really cool. How awesome is that? Dude, you get a home plate to mount on the wall? Yeah, how about that? It's not like, like my customary dinner plate that I enjoy no. every night. You're going to have a nice home plate. Harry Carey, Sportscaster of the Year. How about that, Jay? How about that? Yeah, I don't know if you'll be eating off this one, Hoodie. <laughs> That's a shame. Really cool. Ken is <laughs> Ken is such a wonderful guy. He mentioned in 2020, looking back on it now, I might have had COVID. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was sick as a dog, mm-hmm. like 103, and I'm like, I can't miss this. I got to go get this. Absolutely. And my wife drove me. I was, oh, I'll never forget it. I, I, you know, I've heard about the Pitch and Hit Club for a long time, and to be honored It's a great group, man. You're going to love it, and so well-deserved so cool. by you. Yes. So cool. Yep.
Looking forward to it. Um, we were talking. I didn't know that Ken was coming up. That's a surprise. Uh, exactly. Um, I just wanted to say that, um, yeah, Cap and I will be doing UIC Valparaiso. I, I just got back from Murray, Kentucky, by the way. My first time ever uh, in Murray, Kentucky. Didn't go well. I don't well, mean your broadcast. I meant yeah, the game. I mean, maybe he's a little bit both, actually, because we lost against the Murray State Racers. You know, after we lose the game, it's one thing to get blown out by Murray State. Well, a couple of things. Number one, uh, Cameron Payne had his number retired Saturday at halftime. Campaign. Campaign. Yeah. And what do you think he did? I mean, of course, the number's coming up, and he's he's dancing the entire time, Correct. of course, because what he does. Remember as a bull? Yeah. The only thing you remember about Campaign, he danced a lot. And now he's a pretty good player for Phoenix. Yes, he is. So he, he and the Suns were there. I think at least... At least 10 players. Monty Williams was there in Murray, Kentucky on Saturday. How cool is that? So they were there to support uh, campaign. I don't know where the Suns were going. I think they're going to where, who they play, Memphis. They played Memphis yesterday, right? So they're on, their way, so. they're on their way to Memphis. So That's cool that they did that, though. Yeah. They stopped by and campaign couldn't have been happier. So it's he and John Morant. Their numbers are retired in the rafters, which is cool. But uh, after we get blown out, it's nothing like getting blown out. And then the band, apparently, because we're at Murray State, they play the old gray mare. It's not what it used to be. Remember that song? Yeah. The old gray mare, she ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she, right? And I'm just like, oh, that's great. That's great. I got to get out of here. <laughs> because it's the racers. It's about a, a, it's a horse. That's the mascot, the Correct. racers, right? Correct. I'm like, the old gray mare. I said, let me get out of here out of this town as quickly as possible. And so you get humiliated, and then they play that song. Like, oh, I'm oh. I'm like, <laughs> I gotta go. Oh, my God, Well, Cap. congrats again to you. Well-deserved, man. Thank you very much. And by the way, if you ever want to fly in, there's an airport there. Right in Murray. I got, a, I got on a charter. I don't have any plans. You sure? Got yeah. on a charter flight. It was outstanding to, to Murray, Kentucky. Uh, no lights there, but uh, there's an airport. So if you'd like to fly in, I'll direct you to where that is. Um, and, bo- and by the way, I know that you love this, too. Nothing like the local commercials in these small towns. Oh, my God. You turn oh. the TV on these local commercials. Yes. I've been here, on, for the grace of God, been 50 years selling rugs to you. Hi, everybody. Just like, what the? Where am I? Oh, yeah. You're in <laughs> small town America there, man. <laughs> it's like, by the grace of God, I've been selling rugs here for 50 years. Hi, everybody. What a life. Remember you go to Lincoln, Nebraska, you see the coldest Johnson selling an air conditioner. <laughs> Correct. Crawford, the coldest Crawford. It's the best. All right, coming up, are the Giants and Jaguars proving us wrong about the Bears? We'll talk about that and also some thoughts about Tom Brady. Is he finally done in the NFL? Two minutes on Cap and Jay Hood.